What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. We are previewing the 2021 NHL season. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins. We are looking at all four divisions in the NHL with the temporary realignment, the crazy COVID schedule, trying to make some sense of who is going to make the 2021 playoffs and ultimately who might win the Stanley Cup. We go through every team. We go through key players, key acquisitions, all that good stuff. This one was a lot of fun to record. Let us know what you think in the comments and show notes. But as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram, and join the Facebook group, the Bullpen Cart Podcast, where you can be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this week's episode. We will be back later this week an NFL Divisional Round preview, and here we go! Our long nightmare is over, hockey is back, welcome to this episode of the podcast, here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, I of course am the G-Man Jordy Cannell, joining me as always... Man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Pumped, Jordy. Tomorrow's a big day. I guess Wednesday when you release it, big day. Uh, hockey's back. The Bruins Flyers, a little outdoor action game. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I wish it was on the lake, but next to the lake is good enough. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Bruins came out with their line combinations today for game one. So against the Devils, see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be very exciting. And, uh, Joining us as well is Greg's cousin, Mark Higgins. Mark, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Jordy. Glad to be here. Pumped to have you on. And boys, I know I'm outnumbered for two Bruins fans to one Flyers fan, but we're now division rivals. If you are not aware, for the 2021 season, the NHL realigned and also nicknamed their divisions. But there are going to only be four divisions, as there have been, but they are basically their own conferences. The East the Central, the West, and the North, or affectionately the Canadian Division. These division, where we will start, has the Bruins, the Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. They'll play each other all eight times as a total of 56 games, same in the in the West and Central. And then up in Canada, only a seven team, so they'll be playing each other nine or ten times, meaning we get... The Battle of Alberta 10 times, potential 10 goalie fights. I hope we get that. I cannot wait for this. I think this is going to be a really cool one-off experiment. What do you guys think of this format for this year? Greg, we'll start with you. I mean, it's going to be a grind, right? It's going to be – it's tough because, you know, you want to keep people within – or teams within the same region, um, obviously for health reasons and, and don't want people traveling coast to coast. Uh, so that's smart, but it's going to be tough. The back-to-backs and three games and four nights and, and more of a, they call it a baseball schedule, if anything, and playing the same team, uh, you know, two to three times within a week, potentially uh, will be a grind. And I feel like, I don't want to say it, I don't want to jinx it, but you know, one team gets it and misses, let's say two weeks of, of quarantine you know, I there I don't know where they're going to make up the games. You know, there's just nowhere in the schedule. This this sprint of a schedule that they have going on. There's no in the schedule to make it up. But I'm not going to jinx or curse it like that. It's going to be great. Nothing's going to happen. No team's going to miss any games. 
Hopefully not. <laughs> Mark, what do you think of this all? Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. It's something different. Um, I mean, we're so used to the same thing year after year. I think it's pretty pretty cool that Boston's gonna be playing all these New York teams now. Um, and the Canadian division, I mean, that's pretty awesome. And then we have two the Stanley Cup teams playing each other in the same division. That's never happened before. I don't think since like the seventies. And then um I mean I'm just happy Tampa's not in Boston's division this year. Um it's going to be great. Point. I think I'm excited. It's going to be different. Um, but yeah, like Greg said, who knows what's going to happen with COVID. Um, I, we were talking earlier, I think Canadian teams shouldn't have any problems, but uh, I don't know how that's going to work if they play more games than all the American teams, like winning percentage. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I know in the AHL, at least this year is going to be crazy considering how they've realigned. But I know they their one division plays either, I think they're, they're what, Pacific division. Uh, I don't have the names of the, their regular divisions in front of me, but I think they play less games because of the extra travel and everything. And I think they just do it based on uh, points percentage versus uh, you know, versus the rest of the league. So that could be an option. I, I know they threw that out, obviously, of how they pick the top four versus the uh, the other eight of the 12 teams for each conference for uh, who was going to the group play in the qualifying round. So that's a possibility. Who knows, too, uh, you know, if they have any sort of hard stop date. I don't think that I know they've announced the draft and everything there, but I don't know if Gary Bettman would go on the fly and be flexible. It's not like with the NBA where they are purposely backing themselves into the Olympics. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that all goes. Um, but like you guys mentioned, there's a lot to, uh, to hopefully, you know, jump through and, and hopefully that we get through all that and, and go through there. I know Greg, you mentioned the outdoor games that were officially confirmed, uh, next to Lake Tahoe, I believe on the 17th hole of the golf course, where that pro-am that you and I were talking about way back during the baseball pod days. Uh, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm personally excited uh, to see, you know, all these different games. I mentioned, obviously, the the various Canadian rivalries, but the Flyers and the Penguins playing eight games. Uh, we get to see O.V. Crosby for eight games as well. We get to see new budding rivalries, such as the, you know, the Sharks in Vegas, or, you know, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings are back in the same division. So I think it's it's pretty cool to see that. You know, obviously it'd be a lot cooler if the Blackhawks and Red Wings were really were both really good and, and potentially could be a uh, playoff series like way back. And, you know, even How dare in- you, sir? How dare you? The Blackhawks made the playoffs last year. How dare you? Well, the, you know, <laughs> the Red Wings, not I'm so much. I'm saying, you I'm know, there's kidding. an and, you know, the logic of seeing where their, where their showdown could happen. Uh, you know, like back in the uh, late aughts when we were in high school, of seeing those two teams go at it. But it's just fun seeing that kind of stuff go back in. And, and obviously, like Mark mentioned, yeah, the first time probably since, uh, you know, they expanded and or since the original six era. And then uh, probably when, when there was various expansions of all that crazy realignment in the, the 70s of two teams that played each other in the Stanley Cup final being in there. Um because of all the random ways that the NHL did their playoffs as well. At one point, they did do a 1-16, to which is my uh, my dream playoff scenario for basketball and hockey. But let's jump into the previews. We're going to start in the East Division, where our two teams reside. Uh, we can go alphabetically. We can go in order of how we think they're finishing. Greg, you're the master of all this sort of stuff. What do you think we should do? Yeah, I mean, let's do East Division. We don't necessarily have to break down team by team, but we can sort of, or divisions, but then we can sort of give like a, 
an overhaul of of who's first and or who the playoff teams are maybe not necessarily first but who are the three teams making four teams. the three teams every division making the playoffs no it's four so that is a that's a four. fair question so unlike this the format that we've seen over the last i think seven years the format for the nhl playoffs this year will be like it was in the 80s four teams from each division get into the playoffs and they have to battle it out the first round being the divisional semis the second round being the division championship then the third round instead of being a conference championship is just the final four will they be reseeded based on how they did i would think either total points or points percentage uh if some, if one division does get totally screwed in terms of COVID stuff. And then, obviously, the Stanley Cup final. So, yeah, we can go through and, and pick the four teams and, and, you know, give little blurbs about the other ones. I know uh, we were just talking off air about one particular team that might be in one of our top fours for the East, but obviously want to acknowledge some other key moves made and, and maybe why, you know, there's a dark horse out there or an honorable mention or something like that. I like that, Greg. Yeah, and and you're great at uh, giving us the rundown of, of who what teams added what, and then and then Mark and I can just come in and, and give give you uh, who's actually gonna who the actual four teams are gonna make the playoffs. It's <laughs> a weirdy best. <laughs> All right, well we can start with your Bruins and. Do you want me to break it down, or do you want to break down your? No, team? no, 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 no. Just do the just do the East. Name all the teams in the East, and okay. we'll say the we'll say the we'll say we'll each go around and say the four teams we think are going to win or going to be in the playoffs and why, and then we'll go from there. Okay, I like it. All right, so uh, again, the the East Division, which I forget who sponsors them, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it's the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabers, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Greg, we'll start with you of who you think of the four teams. Thanks, Jordy. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, uh, the the East and how I'm doing it this year is for all divisions is what teams, just like in baseball, who's going to start out hot, who's going to, you know, who's going to be able to withstand, withstand the, the constant night in, night out, uh, back-to-backs, you know, the grind of the season, really. A lot of it's luck, you know, who stays healthy, but – just like in baseball, you know, I predicted the Rays and Padres having good years, and they did just because they always start out hot year over year. So, to me, I think this is this is another the NHL being so short and, and that same sort of model. I think it's another prime for those teams that really jump get out of the gate fast and and stay there and then hold those leads. And it hurts some of the teams that get out of the gate slow, i.e., the St. Louis Blues from a couple of years ago. Not to spoil my picks moving forward, but. The East definitely being the hardest division uh, with just seven teams that can make the playoffs that probably made the playoffs last year. Um, and then you have the bottom teams, i.e. Devils and Sabres, that didn't make the playoffs, that didn't even make the bubble last year, that only got better and, and are younger and rebuilding. So this is just a gauntlet and hard to pick. I think I'm going Flyers, Bruins, Islanders, and then it, it, to me, it's a toss-up between Capitals and Rangers. Who makes who's the fourth spot? Uh, it, I'm going to go Rangers at the end because I ultimately I think Washington year over year has always started slow. They've always been that team that OB doesn't get going until later. Oshie doesn't get going until later. You know, they're they've lost their goaltender. It's just to me they're going to start out slow and they're not going to be able to recover from it. Uh, Pittsburgh always starts out slow. I don't think. They're going the wrong direction. Uh, the Flyers, to me, make it just because they're such a streaky team. They they seem to be hot right now, and at some point they will cool, but I think because they're so streaky, they'll have started the year so well and, and be good. 
Uh, and then the Rangers obviously started out hot last year and cooled out the end of the or cooled in the middle and then got hot again at the end. But I think the Bruins to me is the biggest question mark because last year was such a hot year. They lost some key players. Pasternak's hurt to start the year. You know, also you got an unreal year from him. Will he be able to replicate that? You know, they lost a lot of people, they, particularly on defense. So, and then what do you get out of Tuka Rask with him quitting the bubble? Are people going to, are the team, is the team going to respond around him? You know, what's really going on with that? So to me, I think Boston's the question mark. Will they be able to come come out of the gates hot? But I think ultimately they have enough talent where that'll prevail. So Bruins, Flyers, Rangers, and uh, what I say? Islanders, just because the Islanders always they have the physical toughness to grind teams out back-to-back games you know you look at the young teams they're going to be great the first day they're going to be terrible the next day just because young guys go out hot on day one and then don't have the stamina for day two and then you look at the old teams like the penguins they're not going to have the stamina for this type of schedule and you look at the islanders who have a good mix of both are physical will be able to to grind teams down for for the shortened season i think ultimately they win a lot of close games and uh make the playoffs I like it. Uh, I have a follow-up point that I'll save it. Mark, what are your four teams? Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think the best way to do this is um, I'm gonna go with more experienced teams, like rather than young teams. Obviously, Greg made a point about like the sprints and young guys having the legs for that. But I'm gonna go more experienced and disciplined, older veteran teams that you know won't break bubble protocols and won't go out and. You know, be young 25-year-olds like guys on uh, the Rangers or New Jersey Devils. I mean, the way I'm going to do this is to eliminate teams first and then get to my winners at the end. I just think uh, the Devils clearly aren't um, favored to, to make playoffs here. And there's many reasons why I don't have to go too in-depth about that. But uh, we'll see if Jack Hughes has a, a good sophomore campaign. Um, I think Islanders, I just think this – division is too stacked for them i'm not really sold on them either um as well as the rangers um i think they're one year away from having a breakout season um obviously they have capo caco coming back and the first overall pick alex lafreniere did i say that right yeah i think so yeah yeah it's the bandage of Kreider, strom uh, they have a great decor with uh d'angelo truba fox they picked up Jack Johnson. Not really sure who their goalie is. I mean, um, you're making the case for the Rangers to be there. <laughs> I, I just think, yeah, but my, my previous case is I think these veteran teams are going to be able to, you know, have the experience to stay disciplined and not break any COVID rules and they're not going to get in trouble. Uh, that's that's my point. major yeah. point. And I think I'm going to go with the experience of, like, teams like previous cup winners, like the Capitals. I mean, they just picked up Chara, Ovechkin, uh, Oshie, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. Like that locker room, they're going to be disciplined, and they know it's a short sprint that could be in their favor. Um, also, the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin. What do you think they've been doing all summer, thinking about how they didn't go have a deep playoff run? Those are two of the most talented guys in the world. I think they're going to have something to say this season. Uh, so I think Penguins, Capitals. Um, I like the Flyers a lot. I, I think they're going to keep getting better. Um, it really comes down to. Uh, is Nolan Patrick going to have a, a big year for them? Because they need him to step up as Drew and um, Boris Verasic get older. Voracek, is that how you say it? Yeah, Voracek. Jakob. Grover a stud. Uh, potential Norris winner, maybe not this year, but in years to come. Um, 
you know, Carter Hart, one of the best goalies in the league. So I think Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, um, and then either it comes down to New Jersey's out, Buffalo, they're sneaky. I think it's that fourth spot's going to come down to Buffalo, the Bruins, or the Rangers. Um, and obviously, I'm going to stick to my point of experienced teams. I'm going to go with the Bruins. I mean, Bergeron just got to see. Um, they have this kid, Jack Studnika, playing on that line with Marshawn and Bergeron. Um, he can be bumped down to the second or third line once Pasternak comes back. Um, Charlie Coyle picked up Craig Smith, who's been on Nashville the past couple seasons. He's a, he's a yeah, good, he's solid, solid third-line player. Um, and I think for the Bruins, Rask will be fine, Greg. Um, he had a legit reason for why he left the bubble. I think everybody in the locker room understands why he did it. Um, but I think for them to get that fourth playoff spot, it's going to come down to if their young decor steps up, guys like Jeremy Lazone, guys like Jacob Zubril, uh, Grizzly. Can Grizzly play like Tory Krug? Um, but the rest of their offensive lineup is pretty, you know, they have a lot of depth there. With I don't want to go too far into Bruins to be a homer, but I'll take them with that fourth spot. But they're going to be in a battle with uh, the Rangers and the Sabres. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually have the same four teams as you, Mark. I totally agree with Pittsburgh. I think they are on a revenge tour. You know, I think though to Greg's point of, of the sprint and durability, I think health is certainly a big thing. You got to remember with Pittsburgh, and I was you know banging the drum of that they proved their depth last year, and then kind of you know, kind of got shut down by a, a solid Montreal team in the playoffs. So we got to kind of see who comes back with this, and obviously Tristan Jari now is the guy. And, you know, I, I, that's a big question mark there. They, they, you know, they got rid of Matt Murray, uh, much to uh, a good friend of the show, Jared Barnes' chagrin. Uh, was a big Matt Murray hater. But, um, yeah, so I have them in there. I, I do have them as the four, though. I have the Bruins as the three. Uh, a lot of what you just said, I think, you know, the, the veteran leadership, I think, is there. Um, you know, may, and maybe, Greg, to your point, if, you know, Marshawn doesn't have a, as big of a year, um, or a Pasternak, I mean, uh, doesn't have as big of a year. Sorry, his face was right in was right uh, as a, on my screen. Uh, Pasternak doesn't, you know, repeat the the Rocket Richard numbers, which we'll get to other divisions in a minute who uh, have lesser goalies than the other seven teams in the East Division. Uh, you know, I still think though that they they have the experience, they know how to know how to get it done. Um, are the Flyers is the two and the Capitals one. I know there's a lot of question marks with the with the with the Caps losing Braden Holpe. Um, are the Flyers just is a two because. I'd want to put the Bruins up there, but there were question marks of guys they lost. Uh, I don't really know where to go with them. A lot of people are pretty excited, and I, I do think as a Flyers fan and a Flyers homer, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. Greg mentioned the streakiness, and, and also to go against Greg's point, um, they're a team that traditionally does not come out strong. And the last time that the NHL had this you know short sprint of a season, the 48-game season back in 2013, uh, they did not start out strong, and by the time they figure their shit out, as they normally do in a regular season, it was way too late, and they uh, they missed the playoffs. So that's definitely something that, my, for myself as a Flyers fan, I'm uh, you know a little concerned about. If they start off slow, they did that last year. Obviously, you know the, the last couple times they've made the playoffs in 2017-18, they had a 10-game losing streak, and then figured it out when the calendar flipped. And they did something similar last year where they had the long point streak. They had all this different stuff going for them and everything there. Uh, so that's that's definitely something to be excited about. But I think Mark hit the nail on the head with Nolan Patrick coming back from his migraines. It's certainly something to be excited about. He scored a goal in the the, the orange and black scrimmage, which is always 
you know, something good there. You know, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. There's another number of questions, too. We didn't really mention the taxi squads. There's guys, and I know we're, you know, I'm going a little deeper than you guys did on the Bruins, but they, uh, if Morgan Frost is a guy who fans have been pretty excited about, he got his debut last year, scored a goal in his first game, and was a little streaky, you know, had a point streak going for a few games there, and then really petered out and got sent back down to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And, and we didn't really hear much from him in the, the end of 2020. And part of that's obviously because of COVID, but um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely some, it, you know, some options that Elaine Vigneault can go to. Uh, so I think they make the playoffs. I do think they're better on paper than the Penguins, but obviously Crosby Malkin, they know how to get it done and they have a number of different dudes to help them out there. Um, and then the Capitals, you know, they, you mentioned that they got Chara to be, you know, I don't know how big of an impact he'll have, and I'm sure you guys can you know, provide a lot more color on you know what happened with him leaving the Bruins and all that. Um, but I think that veteran leadership, along with Ovechkin, who probably wants to to prove something too. I don't think he's really been done since you know winning the cup and proving people wrong. They could do in the playoffs. Obviously, got a 700th goal last year, so I think now it's just try to get another cup before you know the 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 end comes. And I think. On a mission like that, I, I think he can really get it done. And, and I know you mentioned it with Oshi, but he's a guy that, that grinds it out and, and plays a full season. And, and I think the rest of that team kind of follows suit that way. Uh, I know you know, he's played through being banged up and all this stuff, and he's had some injury problems, TJ Oshi has. But I don't know. I really like that Capitals team. I think, they're, uh, I think they underperformed a little bit last year, obviously in the bubble. But even in the regular season, I think they should have been way ahead of the Flyers, frankly. Uh, going into the pause, and I think this is the the opportunity for them to do that. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't mean to laugh at your point when you said that so and so scored in the orange and black game, like it means something. Yeah, yeah I know, I know it doesn't, but it's just <laughs> yeah. It, that's why I said you know, so take that for what you will. But it's just nice. The guy missed, like literally, he didn't suit up at all last year because he had migraines, and it's just like yeah, there was this whole. Tough. And obviously, the other one I didn't even mention with the Flyers is Oscar Lindbaum being back, and he's completely cancer free and. Obviously, he suited up in the final two games of their series against the Islanders and brought some serious energy in Game Six, and then uh, obviously it, it didn't go well in Game Seven. So there's that too. He was the team's leading scorer, but when he got diagnosed, uh, so that that's obviously exciting there. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were uh, countering my Capitals point, and obviously their goalie is the biggest question mark. No, I think it just goes back to what we were saying is that, or at least for me, is the teams that traditionally start out slow. Just like in baseball, you know, you get screwed by it. Like you can't, you cannot start out slow in a format like this. And and I feel like the Capitals, I guess the Flyers, but those are those teams that do that. But yeah. um, so anyway, I just hope, honestly, Jordy, I hope uh, I hope there's some physical fun hockey that's going, to, you know, a little a little. Get back to to the hockey we grew up on a little the bit old, with this old time hockey, uh, but not even not even that just just what we grew up on a little bit just because of not that we're that old but just the the idea that enforcers and and hitting and the physicality of the game like you're you're just gonna be so tired in that you're not gonna be able to speed by everyone anymore. Come game thirty, you're not gonna be able to speed by everyone anymore. You're, you're played thirty games in in forty days, whatever it is, and you're playing the same team twice back-to-back days and it's just like all right this this guy hooked me last game he's going down you know what i mean it's going to be a lot of revenge physical physical games hockey games i think like you mentioned injuries that's 
a big reason why this division is just going to beat up on each other. And oh yeah, just absolutely. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. Um, I think that's something that's in the Capitals favor too. Just the physicality that team likes to play with. Obviously, you know, Ovechkin's the, the big guy, you know, the, the highlight name and the goal scorer, but they have a lot of dudes in their third and fourth line that are hard hitters. And obviously they have to stay healthy. And I mentioned Oshie who's on their first line with Ovechkin, but if they, uh, you know, they, they stay healthy. It's, you know, it's something that, that can really go to their advantage for that exact reason you just said. Yeah. Ultimately, I think my, I'm right. And my teams, uh, my four teams will make it and, and yours and Mark's won't, but it's neither here nor there. Who are our differences? So we, Mark and I had the same four. You had, you were the Islanders and the, the Rangers were your other two yep. teams instead of the Caps and the Penguins. Yes, sir. All right. All right. You know, I, I like the Islanders pick. I, I almost went with them over Pittsburgh, but I just think Crosby's, I think that guy's on a mission. Mark mentioned it. That guy, does nothing but work out anyway, and I think an early exit. I wish I had some sort of you know when the Penguins lose early, they do this the next year. But that guy, I mean, like two years in a row, the Islanders have made have deep runs in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I don't, I just it just doesn't. No, that and that's something certainly in their advantage. I think Mark's right though with the Rangers. I think they're too young. I the, I like a lot of their players, and I think their defense especially is going to be fun to watch. But it's it's I feel like unless it's Zibanejad and Panarin outside of that. You know, we'd have to see what Lafreniere does and and all that sort of stuff. So their offense has a you know gives me a little bit of pause. But they're they're a physical team too. So if they develop that identity, they could be a team that all of a sudden we're you know looking up and there's the red you know they're the blue shirts. I mean, Mark, name me a better looking coach in in the NHL. I was just going to talk about David Quinn. I mean, if he could be on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs this year, just because of all the talent that they've had. I mean, they're going to give him a couple more years to to make it happen, but there's going to start to become some pressure on him. He's had some leeway the past couple of years. Um, yeah, he's been there for two years, and, and the first year was terrible, and last year they made the playoffs. So Right. But I'm saying that, you know, circumstances have changed. They're, they've yeah. gotten a lot of talent now. True. Um, they are established, so let's see what they can do with it. True. All right, Jordy. So over to the Central, which we mentioned off the top, contains – both of the finalists of last year's Stanley Cup final. Central Division contains the Carolina Hurricanes, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Dallas Stars, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers, Nashville Predators, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. All at one point, except for Florida, I think, and Carolina. Tenants of the Central Division at one point in time. So it's a little reunion league, is it, Greg? <laughs> if you want to call it that, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> am I going first again? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, let's start with Mark. Mark, what do you got in the central? Glad you asked, Jordy. I've been doing a little <laughs> prep work as you guys have been talking. Um, I'm going to go back to the way I did it before. I'm going to go in reverse order. Um, obviously, the obvious, uh, obviously obvious, the choice here at the bottom is Detroit Red Wings. Um, I think. Clearly, they're in a rebuilding phase right now. Um, Dylan Larkin, Manta, they got some young guys, but um, they basically have an AHL lineup right now if I'm just looking at it. Uh, Mark Stahl, big pickup for them on, on D, but I just don't see them coming out of that division. I think they're years away um, from making the playoffs, and I think they could be you know, having a top three pick next year, and they're just going to keep trying to do that for the next two years. I tried to do a total rebuild, sort of like the Rangers landing uh, those two, two 
first overall picks the past couple of years with Kako and then uh, uh, Grenier. So, yeah, I think Red Wings, obvious choice to uh, be in last place. And second to last, I'm going to go with, uh, unfortunately, the Blackhawks. Um, Kirby Doc getting hurt, a uh, huge hit for them. Uh, he's one of their young and up-and-coming players. Um, they still have to bring it, Taves, Kane, uh, Kubelik. He's a stud, uh, but I just don't see them coming out. Keith's another year older. Seabrook's another year older. Not even sure who their goalies are. I think it's Malcolm Subban. Um, I don't think – I think it's unfortunate for guys like Taves and Kane to be on a team like that, but uh, don't see them making the playoffs either. Um so after them, I'm going to go with the Predators. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. Um, they do have some talent, obviously, with Duchesne, Johansson, uh, Forsberg, and uh, Yossi, the Norris winner. Um, just I don't really trust them personally. I, I, I Just something about them. I, I don't see them getting over the hump uh, and making the playoffs this year. And I'll leave it at that to keep it moving here. Uh, and surprisingly, the, the team that I don't think will make the playoffs either, I think they're going to have that, you know, as they say in the NFL, the Super Bowl uh, hangover, the team that loses in the championship doesn't respond too well that next year. I think Dallas Stars, I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't really trust Ben Bishop and Kadobin to repeat what they did. Um, obviously, Sagan, um, they got guys like Hiskinen, Hiskinen who could win the Norris. Um Jamie Ben, Pavelski, veteran group there, but I don't see them, you know, having a, a rebound. How how deep they went, the grind that they just went through, I think uh, this rapid pace of a season is going to be a little too much for them. And so now to my playoff teams, surprisingly, I think Florida Panthers are going to finish fourth. I think Bobrovsky is going to have a bounce back season. Um, guy's a world-class goaltender. He had a rough season last year. Don't think he can do any worse. Than he did uh and that team i think they're pretty underrated i mean barkov is an absolute stud huberdo puts up massive amounts of points um their decor is okay guys like ekblad uh yandel um but yeah i think that the key to them is Grabowski having a bounce back season to land in fourth place um Moving on to third place, I think Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm, I'm totally sold on their decor with Gorensky and Seth Jones. I think that's the top D pairing in the entire league. Um, their, their, their goalie, I can't think of his name, Jordy. What's his name? Columbus's goalie? Corpus Allo or Merzlikens? I think it's something. Elvis. Uh, yeah, Elvis, Elvis Merzlikens. Yeah. They also have Corpus Allo, who got hurt, so yeah. Elvis could take his place. They got two I'm studs. I'm on the Elvis. Ben, yeah, I'm on their bandwagon. I think, I think that that four overtime or five overtime playoff game versus Tampa just really gained a lot of experience for those guys. Um, Dubois is is a stud. Um, that's his name. Max Domi they picked up. Cam Atkinson, Nyquist. Um, I see them sneaking in, um, and this could be. I mean, if they don't, I think this could be it for Tortorella if they don't make the playoffs. So um, I think they're gonna creep in and then my top two teams will be uh tampa bay and carolina carolina i think um just keeps getting better year after year aho's a stud uh tara vinen um still have jordan stall he picked up Vinny trocek over the trade deadline last year he's got another he's got the off season to prepare with carolina um jacob slavin dougie hamilton on point on d 
great decor right there. Um, and then I don't really trust their goalies too much with Reimer and Mrazek, but uh, we'll see. I think I think they'll make the playoffs just because of the playoff experience that they've had the past few seasons. And obviously Tampa Bay. Obviously, I don't have to go into too much yeah. detail here. I, I mean, they lost Kucherov, but they're still, you know, they're still stacked. loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, there's a. I think it's it's hard to try to make a hot take that Tampa Bay is not going to make the playoffs. Right, <laughs> uh, Greg, what do you got? Uh, let's snake it, Jordy. You're up. All right, I like the snake. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned with Detroit, I think they're just you know they they need a little bit there. I mean, you want to get excited about maybe some of the other dudes they they picked up some of the the uh, veteran names. You know, they got they picked up Nemetsikov. You know the uh, the Random guys, but a lot of the guys you mentioned it with their defense that just probably wouldn't be a top six D man D pairing. Uh, you know your John Merrill's, your your Stechner's. Uh, so that that's really all all I need to say on there. I don't want to bog it down. Uh, Chicago, yeah, I, sadly, you know I don't think they make the playoffs. I just don't think their depth gets them there. I I know obviously last year Kane turned it on for one hell of a streak to really put them in the position that they were to be the 12th seed and and obviously then upset. Uh, almost said Vancouver uh, to upset Edmonton, but it's just you know there, there's a reason why they're the 12th seed. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they'd. Uh, I don't think they'd be seventh, but they'd be in there. Um, I actually like that pick with Nashville not making the playoffs. I just think a lot of questions around the goaltending. Uh, you know, with Rene, he didn't play very well when he was healthy, and seeing what's going on there and Saros, uh, you know, at times was exciting, but you know, I, I you know I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there. Yosiel, you'll have to have another Norris season and. And really, you know, run away with it. And, you know, obviously with, you know, another top, a couple top defensemen in the, in the division, uh, not to go into into uh, awards talk, but, you know, Hedman, Heaskinen, you mentioned, you know, he'd really have to pull, outplay all of them to really uh, propel Nashville into the playoffs. Um, I like Carolina a lot. I don't, I don't know. Something tells me they're not going to be the two, maybe the four. Um, Columbus, I don't think, makes the playoffs. I think this is something where, you mentioned that their defense is really good, but I think playing a lot of these teams, and that, that is one advantage that Dallas being in the playoffs or Dallas being in this division helps with them uh, is is the offense and seeing where that comes from. And, and you mentioned they picked up a number of guys. Max Domi feels like a Torts player. He feels like a, a perfect Columbus Blue Jack in that identity that Torts has given them throughout his time there. But I just think they come up short with this. Uh, I love that Florida Panthers pick. I also have them in the playoffs. Uh, thinking that their offense, you know, figures it out. Their defense is a huge question mark. So it really does come down to Bob, but you know, I don't know what it was, why he played so terribly. He looked bad in the playoffs too. It was, you know, they looked completely washed against the Islanders, but maybe part of that's just the Islanders and how they're set up with their identity. What were you about to say? Just a quick, a quick point on Bob and a little bit more pressure on him now this year after the world juniors, the two USA yes. Canadian goalies. Uh, yeah, they're Panthers prospects. There, so. Yes. Extra motivation for Bob, even though he's getting paid like twelve million a year. But <laughs> that's actually a really good point. Uh, Spencer Knight point. and Levi are the uh, are the two guys Mark is talking about. Uh, so yeah, I got Tampa, Florida, Dallas, and Carolina as my four teams. Uh, you mentioned a lot with with Carolina. It's it's hard to think that even with the goalies that they have, where there are a lot of questions coming into that of you know are they going to keep it up? Are they going to keep it going? It's obviously something that propelled them a couple years ago in that run to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, and last year, you know, it helped it helped them hang in there throughout throughout what they were getting. Um, but yeah, I, 
I don't know if they're the two for that reason. I know obviously their offense is going to be high flying, and I think that's that is to their advantage. You know, a lot of defensive teams in this division, whether it's your Nashville's, your Dallas's, or your Columbus's, but um, you know, I I just think that in that we you know two speeding bullets of it coming together of high offense and the uh, or high flying offense and the uh, the stonewall defense that these teams try to do. Um, yeah, I you know maybe they're the three. I don't want to say just go full chalk and say Dallas is the two, but that that'll be a fun series to see of just two two different ideals of thought and see how Brindamore does with that because he's somebody who's you know, obviously seen a lot of adversity with the Carolina Hurricanes and obviously you want to stand the cup as a player, but he as a coach has done all sorts of things to get them to a certain point. So it's hard to think he doesn't at the very least figure out a way to lead them into there. Uh, so those are my four teams, Greg. What do you got? You know, again, different different than you guys, but for me. A big thing uh, here is goaltending. You know, Dallas has two solid goaltenders. You're going to need two good goaltenders with the type of schedule they have. Columbus, same thing. The Hurricanes have been rotating goaltenders for the last four years, it seems like. And the Lightning just play the same goalie all day, every day. Um, But Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, um, Dallas are definite. Tampa, obviously, for me, is in despite how much they lost, despite despite Kucherov not being able to play until probably the uh, the playoffs if they make it that far. Um, I think those are the four teams that make it, and I think I, I you guys you guys almost convinced me about the Panthers to put them in. You and Mark uh, really pushing hard and and really wanted me to change my my picks here, but. I'm sticking to it. Um, the Hurricanes have just been that team that has made deep, deep runs two years, two of the last three years, or two last two years, I should say. Um, they're going in the right direction. They have the, the good combination of young and old players. The Blue Jackets, two good goalies, added talent up front, which they needed. Like Mark said, they have one of the best decors, uh, at least top pairs in, in all the NHL. And uh, you know, like I said, two goalies that are great. The Lightning, their injuries scare me, but they're just one of those teams that will will forever find points and, and be good. And then Dallas, I think the two-goalie system, you know, Bishop or Hudobin, you know, whoever it may be is their quote-unquote number one. The only thing that scares me with Dallas is Tyler Sagan, right? He's going to be out until April, right, they said? Yeah, he's out for a while. He's back. Yeah, so – not having Sagan hurts, but they're also a team that is physical. Like this is just going to be every game in this division, except for the Panthers. Every team in this division except for the Panthers is just a battle. You know, they're all grinding physical teams, defensive. I guess the Blackhawks don't really play defensive, but you know, at least the four teams I think are making the playoffs. They're just defensive. Even the Predators, you could argue, and you know, they just play that grind, pucks deep, challenge you, challenge the other team. I think surprise uh, there's going to be a couple surprises in this division in terms of a lot of fights more than other teams, but I think more than other divisions. I know everyone's talking about the Canadian teams, but I think this division is going to have a lot of uh, hatred, especially you know, like you, like the cup, the cup teams, you know, Tampa and Dallas plus the hurricanes and Dallas or uh, hurricanes and Tampa. And then you forget the blue jackets in Tampa, right? Yeah. Tampa, Tampa being the focal point of all these things, but Tampa sort of, is that team and has a target on their back, but all these teams have had some pretty intense games with them in the last couple of years. And then I think Mark or you mentioned off the top, the Red Wings and, and Blackhawks renewing that rivalry, original six. So it's going to be a fun division. 
Uh, nowhere near as good as the East, but definitely better than the West. Yeah, we, uh, we'll jump to the West in a second, but I think <laughs> just to finish your point, yeah, obviously this is going to probably be the, the war of attrition, just the teams uh, who survives the longest outside of Tampa. I mean, Tampa obviously is firing however many lines deep and what they're building there or what they have built and continue to build. Uh, you know, obviously last year we saw the, the minor moves they made at the trade deadline that turned out to be humongous for them, whether it was a uh, Goudreau or, or uh Bogosian that they picked up and they turned out to be huge guys in the playoffs. So this is something that I feel like uh smart GMs might be uh, another X factor that we didn't even talk about. Yeah, Jordy, uh, Snake Draft, you're up. Preview yeah, the West so Division for us. Give us the teams. Give us the teams and preview the division. Yeah, so the the Western Division or the West Division is, which I believe is sponsored by Honda, who also is the sponsor of the Ducks Arena. So I don't know, is that a little insider trading on Anaheim's part? You know, they got the Disney Plus show. They got all this stuff. It's everything coming up. Ducks. They lead it off with <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know. I thought that was funny. The Colorado Avalanche, the L.A. Kings, oh, Minnesota yeah, Wild. Awesome. San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the biggest story that has come out of this since the realignment was announced was that everybody thinks it could be Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis flying out there. Greg mentioned it. St. Louis, a team that you know a couple years ago obviously started out very slow. They were in last place on January 2nd and then went to a bar that's about five blocks south of my house, Mark, uh, and learned the song Gloria, and that propelled them to a Stanley Cup. Uh, the California teams, though... Two of them are, uh, they they bought private planes for guys from the World Juniors because they had that many prospects in there. Um, and then the Sharks, who obviously a couple years ago had all this sort of hype as to how, you know, how big would they win the West Division by, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And now, you know, the news to them today that Evander Kane is filing for Chapter 7 bankruptcy and may not even play, um... So I'm gonna I'll do something similar to Mark of, of going backwards here. Um, Wait, can you just name the teams? You haven't named the teams yet. I did. I, oh, did I mean all the teams? Did I yeah, them? I'll run through it again just for Greg. Ducks, Coyotes, Avalanche, Kings, Wild, Sharks, Blues, Golden Knights. All right, was that that hard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the the Ducks and the Kings. I just think. Sorry, sorry, real quick. This probably of the, of the retro jerseys. This division. Wins the retro jer- jersey. The retro jersey off. The retro jersey off, but is the worst, least talented of, of all the divisions. That is Continue. the best way Sorry. to put it. That That's to say something nice about the West Division. There you go, Greg. Instead of the Yankees, <laughs> it's the West Division. Um, for those that don't get that, listen to the baseball show. But, yeah, my so doing the Mark style of eliminating teams. Ducks and Kings, I just think they're in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, if uh, there's various different moves they can make at the trade deadline to continue to acquire talent i know uh certain other sports have banned the word assets so i will continue on with that i think it was baseball that did that um so there's two teams right off the bat there um i'd like to see the sharks make it back but i don't think they're surviving through this i know they have they've had a lot of injury problems and i feel like that's going to creep on them in in this style of a season a full sprint a real grind with it especially with an arch rival that you're facing now in the golden knights eight games or seven games, excuse me. Um, no, eight games, eight games, seven times, seven times eight. Um, yeah, but I do think math guy. Yeah. Math guy right here. Those three teams I mentioned off the top, the blues avalanche and Knights. you know, they're, they're, I feel like they're locks and I don't think there's any serious surprises there. Colorado is, is young and keeps seemingly sprouting defensemen 
like they're fucking carrots. I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, the Golden Knights obviously signed Petrangelo from the Blues, and they continue to you know just build an incredible pro. I almost said program, um, incredible organization out out in the desert. The Blues. I don't know. This is a team that you mentioned it that they start off that they have started off slow and and have seen that before. They've also started off really hot, um, and I think this is a team that. You know, they, they know how to play that kind of people think we're down and people think we're out and, you know, kind of that chip on their shoulder type of game. And, and I think that that's is something there that, that might even propel them into a higher seed than just the, the third team of the three top dogs. Um, but my fourth team, it comes down to Minnesota, who, you know, they, they found themselves in, in a position where they could have potentially made some noise in the playoffs. They lost to Vancouver. There's a team that's made, you know, interesting moves you know changing gms changing coaches they haven't you know they uh have had a lot of different roster turnover uh and then the coyotes who really went in for it with taylor hall last year and you know that'll come down to their goaltender and seeing it there a team who loves to be the uh the under gamblers lover in terms of the fact that they uh you know they have an, a shutdown goalie when he's healthy and darcy kemper uh, and anti Ranta, not not too bad, too shabby either, but a team that I think uh, you know, similar to the teams in the Central really relies on a lot of its defense. Obviously, they have some some good forwards and a Dvorak and players like that. But uh, and uh, you know, Phil the Thrill is still hanging out there in the desert. Um, I don't know if what desert dogs look like, but I'm sure he's discovered it. To pick a team, though, I'm going to go with the Coyotes just because I like their their defensive core a lot. Uh, I don't know if that's biased from that I went there to their stadium a year ago, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of their stadium. And they're having fans. I think that's going to be a, uh, you know, depending on how everything with COVID goes, that could be a huge advantage for them with teams coming in to Arizona and seeing how that all, how that all affects it. Versus Minnesota, who I just think, I don't even know what direction they're going into, and that's part of why I have pause on it. I mentioned a lot of roster turnover, a lot of guys that they've, you know, either seen go or bring in various trades they've made uh, and just a lot of question marks and, and you know kind of a, a bit of a an aging team and you know I know they have some young studs that they've uh, that they have acquired throughout the years but you know, they haven't really they haven't matured the way that you'd you'd think that kind of young investment would go um, so I'm gonna go with Arizona as my fourth team great uh, great job Jordy um, I think it's a no-brainer Top four for me, Vegas uh, is a definite. Colorado is a definite. I mean, Vegas has the two goalies, perfect what you need. They have a good uh, depth of young and old. Um, They have the right talent, the right type of play uh, to to really just dominate this division. Colorado, same thing. They're a team that starts hot. Big question mark is their goaltending for them, but they have enough talent to make up for it and enough speed and and. I think he's gonna. I think it. they're gonna have a, a good season out of their goaltenders. I feel like the fact they were hurt last year is what everybody like leans to and says, "Oh, they didn't play that well before that." But I think they want to prove something. Yeah, and it's not wrong. They 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 were in a similar situation with Carolina, where they sort of had two solid uh, number twos, or not number twos, but sort of. Grubauer is like a one B, I would say. Yeah, and and they sort of rotated them um, last couple years, right? Um, yeah, this is I think this is his third year. I think he left after the cup with the Capitals. Yeah, uh, so the two of them, yeah, but the, so they. The, my point is that Colorado is making the playoffs no problem. I think the Blues to me is an interesting team. I think ultimately they have enough on their team, and this division is just so bad that it doesn't matter how they start, they will be fine. 
they're gonna whether they start off terribly they'll eventually catch up just because the rest of this division is terrible um and to me it's a toss-up this is also one of those divisions where you're just gonna get I honestly think Minnesota ultimately is the fourth team. Okay. I think they have, they may not necessarily have the stud at forward, but they have four lines that are just solid. They grind teams out. Um, you know, their, their fourth line is as good as their second line. Um, the goaltending obviously is a huge, huge, huge issue for them, but I think the Kings are very old that, yeah, they have some young, good prospects. Maybe the Kings make a run, but I think Minnesota ultimately beats them out. I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, so tough. The Ducks. I mean, maybe they they have they have a lot of young talent, and they have a good goaltender. I, I, it's a toss up. So, but I'm going to stick with the Wild just because they have that physical grind out game, and they can just frustrate teams. And especially if you're playing if you're playing Minnesota in back to back games, and just being frustrated by a defensive style of play. If you're the Coyotes or the Ducks or the Sharks or the Kings, these young teams or kings are old but all these other young teams that just want to get out and run as as young hockey players do now i think playing the wild and back-to-back weeks or back-to-back games is just going to frustrate them so i think ultimately they wilded the fourth team here yeah that's not a bad call you know they i don't know there's something that that didn't stick out didn't jump out to me but they could certainly do it they have the the roster talent to do it it's just the different turnover that they've had and i feel like they're I don't know. There, there was some that didn't stick out to me, but I, I, I like it. I like it. Mark, what do you got? Yeah. Um, so I'll start off by eliminating some teams here. Um, first one to go would be Minnesota Wild. Just totally not sold on them. Don't know what direction they're going in. Um, I know they got they had uh, Spurgeon. He just got that C on his uni on his uh, jersey mm-hmm. suitor and uh, Parisi don't have that anymore. Still have those guys, but um, just not really sold on on this team. Um, Cam Talbot uh, and Net not uh, too fond of his game either. Um, I think they finished last in this division, surprisingly behind uh, the Ducks, uh, who I have next. Um, but Ducks do have a bright future. I think Zegris is going to win the Calder and step right in and uh, play power play for them right away. I think that kid is a total stud. He put on a show in the World Juniors. Um, but yeah, they got have guys like Enrique Raquel. Uh, Sonny Milano gets left. Um, they picked up Shattenkirk over the offseason. Um, Ryan Miller, uh, John Gibson. But I think they uh, continue to rebuild and keep picking up young guys. So I see them finishing second to last. Um, third to last, I'm going to go with the Sharks. Um, yeah, sad news about Evander Kane. Um, obviously, they have talent with Couture, um, Thomas Hurdle. Um, Brian Donato on the third line, Nieto. But, uh, yeah, I think Carlson has a big comeback year. Um, for the, I think he's in the Norris running. Um, but I just don't really um, see this team making the playoffs. Martin Jones is suspect. Uh, Dubinick also suspect. Um, and I don't really see much changing for them, similar to last season. Um, fourth, uh, fifth place, I should say. Um, Coyotes, they lost Taylor Hall on the offseason. That's a big loss for them. Um, still have Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, uh, guys like that. And all, they held on to Oliver Ekman Larson. He's one of the best in the league. Um, and yeah, they had a great playoff run. They won their first round, but I'm not totally sold on them. I still think the Coyotes have a long way to go. 
um, now to the playoff teams and my dark horse to make it. I think, and this is going to might surprise some people, but I think uh, back to my my experience point I made for the for the Northeast Division, I'm going to go with the LA Kings. I think they're going to okay. finish in fourth place. Nice. I think, I think guys like you still got guys like Kopitar, Dowdy, Quick. I think those guys have a you know. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a, they're revived. They're revived this season. I think, I think they're going to make a quick little sneaky run here. Um, and they, they, Greg, to touch on your point about their prospects, I think guys like uh, who they got? They got Kaliev. They got uh, Turcotte. They got Quentin Byfield. Um, just absolute stud. So they can have a little youth movement there with the experience of the guys I mentioned before, Dowdy, Kopitar, Quick. I think they're going to sneak in and make the playoffs. And uh, still have Dustin Brown. Uh, wearing the C there. Um, and yeah, I think it, it really just comes down to Johnny Quick if he can, uh, you know, be elite like he used to be. Um, if not, then my prediction might go totally uh, nowhere here. But um, that's my fourth place team. Third place team, I see uh, St. Louis Blues, big pickup with Tory Krug on the offseason for them to run their power play. Ryan O'Reilly got the C on the offseason. Um, I think they're, you know, they have that playoff experience, just won the Stanley Cup. They picked up. Sneaky pickup, picking up Mike Hoffman, guys, an elite goal scorer, um, 20 goals year after year. They got Braden Shen still, Perron, Jaden Swartz, Robert Thomas, good young center. Um, they lost their top D, but um, still got Tory Krug, Colton Periaco, Justin Folk, um, and Jordan Bennington. I th- I, I'm a believer in him. I think he, he's going to have some consistency for them to uh, finish in the top three. And moving on to number two, uh, Golden Knights. I love them. I think, you know, they <laughs> were pretty fortunate as a uh, expansion team, loading up on all those draft picks, getting poaching all the players from all those other teams. I think they're still stacked. Uh, Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Marsha Show, William Carlson, Riley Smith. Um, they picked up Peter Angelo. That's who I'm talking about. They just picked yeah. up him in the offseason. He's an absolute you know, God, top top ten D in the league, I'd say. Easily. Um, yeah, him and Braden McNabb, Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore on the point. Um, they still have that, that two-headed monster in net with Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Um, I see them finish in second place. Um, I'm a believer in them. I think uh, they're bound for a cup in the next two to three years. And number one, Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> Jordy, you made a funny point. Uh, they're deep pair. Oh my God, Kale McCarr. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, it's it's scary. And then, you know, Nathan McKinnon. Um, listening to Spin Chicklets today, they said that um, they asked him, "What do you need to work on in the off season?" And he's so nasty that all he said was, "I just need to improve on my face offs." He's just gonna keep getting better. <laughs> right. he's, only, he's only twenty-five. 25 years old. He's a 95 birth year. He's just going to keep getting better and better. He wants to be like Crosby. That's his role model. I think he's going to carry them uh, to the promised land this year at the deep playoff run. Mark, uh, him and- set, Mark, seven game series. Who's winning Colorado or, or Vegas? We need that series. Seriously. I mean, Colorado doesn't have the goaltending and, and the, I mean, I feel like they, their forwards. Yeah. They have McKinnon, but, Who's on their third and fourth line? Their third and fourth line doesn't match up with Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is more physical. That's the that's the big thing there, and I think Colorado needs that. They need to change that uh, that narrative about their team if they want to, uh, you're, to go you're that not, way. Yeah, you're not wrong, I mean, Mark. I was you're not wrong. I was just I was just more commenting on the fact that we need a, uh, like Jordy said, we need that 
that we need that seven game series between those two I mean, teams. Listen to the second line with Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, and Brandon Saad. That that line's got some. I forgot they got Brandon Saad. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I mean, and with a D pair like that, I mean, they're it, it's going to be their goaltending is going to get a lot of help. So I, I I'm a, I'm a believer in Colorado. I think they finish in first. Yeah, I had them first too. I think they they probably over the course of the season. And I think this is kind of the point I was making at with uh, the East Division with, or really with Pasternak on, you know, will he be a, uh, another, you know, Richard hopeful? And I, I feel like uh, you can pick someone on either Colorado or Vegas. You know, if you want to go with you know, your Pacioretty's, you want to go with McKinnon, you want to go with Landeskog, of whoever whoever figures it out and, and scores an ass ton of goals just because of how lackluster some of the goalies can be. Um, not to completely shit on Mark's pick. Um, <laughs> I think just, uh, you know, I, I would be worried about, that'd be awesome if the, if the Kings did it. Cause they kind of, they went out with such a whimper. I feel like they had that, you know, they won their division and that, or no, they didn't win the division. Vegas won it in 2018, but it seemed like they, that, uh, LA with the experience and all that, you know, could figure it out. And then they got swept and nobody gave Vegas a shot. Obviously that's the whole narrative with them. Um, but you know, it would be it would be kind of a, a nice final swan song for a lot of that core to see them, uh, you know, in this crazy sprint of a season, do something like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know the that first line of Burkowski, McKinnon, Rontanen is is uh, that somebody's gonna score an ass ton of goals on that, and I feel like we're gonna see a ton of points there. Um, but yeah, to Greg's point though, the the those bottom two lines, I like that fourth line a little bit with uh. Delmar, a former Golden Knight, who uh, was a big part of that cup run, or at least a, in, a, in terms of his of a physical presence, uh, and Tyson Jost and Matt Calvert. But that third line, I don't know. I don't think that matches up in a Vegas type of series of uh, really figuring it out with uh, – I'm not even going to pronounce some of these names because I'm terrible at that as it is. <laughs> so we're just going to – you can look it up online and see what the Colorado's got out there. But, yeah, this uh, – you know, Greg mentioned it, this is the worst division, but – I don't know. This could be still one that's uh, you, you flip on just to see what the scores could be. Cause you see some high flying games here. Stop it! You're not flipping this game. You're not flipping this on. What? Uh, you know, I'm trying to. I'm looking up here. Uh, Tuesday, February second. You're not throwing Minnesota and Colorado on after uh, a Buffalo Islanders game. For, also, just while we're on this note, why are there so many games? The Flyers play at five thirty on opening day against the Penguins. There's a five o'clock game of the Bruins and the Islanders. Oh no, that's Martin Luther King Day. Never mind. Uh, but Tuesday, this Tuesday, February second, it's a six o'clock game between the Sabers and the Islanders. What's up with that? What's going on? And then Detroit and Tampa at five thirty. You know, is, is this for the kids because they're done? I got to You know, I got work to do. I got to make dinner. It's for the for the cure. For the cure. No. The Michael Scott pro am for the cure. Michael Scott fun run. No, Jordy, it's uh, it's because all these all these uh these teams in the East at least they got to catch their Amtrak train, uh, going back home because there's no they don't need private jets to get to and from this this Northeast like bubble they're in. Yeah, that's a good point. Is the real winner of this season Jonathan Taves because he's wanted this kind of a uh, a format? I mean, he's not, he might not even play. Did you hear what? No, is he hurt? He had said, "Break hey, some news." It. Yeah, break the news. <laughs> I mean, it, the, he didn't really announce what's wrong with him, which is the scary part. Oh, that's right. So, I did see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. It's a uh, unrelated. It's, it's because yeah. illness, yeah, drained illness, and lethargic. Yeah. 
Nobody knows. Yeah, that's I don't know why I laughed in saying that. That's fucked sound up. Sound good. Um forgot to forgot to talk about that when I was talking about the Blackhawks, but yeah, that him and uh who's the guy that broke his wrist in the World Juniors? Kirby, Kirby Doc. Doc. Yeah. Uh Blackhawks are in trouble. Um, wait, Kirby Doc has the same symptoms? No, he, no, broke, no, he his, just broke his uh, wrist. You didn't see the picture of his broken uh, wrist? No. I mean, I saw the play, but I didn't see the picture. The no. picture where he's like the captain. His fucking wrist is like, it looks like a Z. Yikes. Arm, joint, hand. It didn't even look like that. Well, anyway. All right, Jordy. Speaking of Taveras in the Canadian division. Yeah, great, great. Uh, uh, I mean, Mark's there. a pro. You see, you see that transition that Mark just made? I mean, the guy does one show. He's already a, a pro. Already on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark's welcome addition to the program. Um, <laughs> so we go to the Canadian division, which I wanted. I wanted to make this point, and I thought maybe I'd just be in my head. I was, you know, sensationalizing this. But the Canadian division, which is all the Canadian teams, the seven of them. Sadly, and hopefully the NHL Network picks up a little bit on this, like they did with the TSN feed at times for the World Juniors, not a ton of games on NBCSN, which we thought, or at least I thought might happen just because of, you know, the the fact that it's, you know, Americans having to go over the border, and that's the whole reason why there's a Canadian division, but not a ton of games on the American market, so hopefully... I was going to say, they can't get in... they they can't can't get into the country. NBC crew can't get in the country. Yeah, they... So the first... Canadian action that we're going to get in the U.S., at least on NBC. Again, the NHL Network, we can probably watch the the uh, Canadians' uh, Maple Leafs game tomorrow night or Wednesday night when you're listening to this. But the first one we get on NBC is the Canadians at Vancouver a week after the season starts, Thursday, January 21st, a 9.30 game. The next one after that, uh, I'm scrolling here, I'm scrolling here, I'm scrolling here, is Winnipeg-Edmonton. A month later, on the 17th of February, it is a, a 10 p.m. start. So at least Connor McDavid gets some action there, Greg. Unlike your friend in baseball, Mike Trout, who does not get any national exposure. Mike Trout's the worst player. That are not he's he's overrated. That's why. Um, Jordy, <laughs> you should have uh, you should have, <laughs> you should have nice troll job. You should have your buddy uh, who we all know on this podcast, uh, one of your best men at your wedding. Jake Goldberg records some of the games to you and send you the live, or at least set up like a what do they call that? No free ads, but a sling box and give you some. Uh, oh, that's a good watch, call. Let you watch the games. That's a good call. See, uh, thank you. The uh, the old Canadian broadcast there, and uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, are they too nice or are they too mean? Are they going to be mean? Is this when we actually see Canadians be mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's Jake. The the are you talking about Jake? Is Jake really Canadian? No, I was talking about the the broadcasters. Like, you know, we hear all the time about the Maple Leafs and the Canadians hating each other, or the Battle of Alberta, and they all fight. Like, do they? Do the broadcasters like, oh no, here's a little, here's a little scrap A, and uh, you know, they're throwing hands, and I just wish they'd uh, you know, get a cup of cocoa and give each other a hug. You know, Jordy, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to call you out. You can cut this later, but normally your jokes are on point, but this one. Hey, one had to miss. One had to miss. <laughs> one, one had to miss eventually. <laughs> one had to miss. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We're not cutting it. We're not cutting it. The people need to know. The people need to hey. know I'm, that I'm not infallible. <laughs> hey, keep keep shooting. Shoot a score eventually, right? All right, so Canadian division. Um, 
it's the Flames, the Oilers, the Canadiens, the Senators, Maple Leafs, Canucks, and Jets. Uh, only four teams getting in, three missing it. Mention it, nine to ten games against each of these teams so they can get up to 56 like the rest of the league. Uh, Mark mentioned it, that Canada you know, might not have to worry about any of this because they don't have to deal with the state of Florida. They don't have to deal with <laughs> crazy people. Um, you know, they, they got some other stuff going on. So let's start. Greg, you let us off with the E, so we'll come back to you since we're doing your snake style. What do you got in the north? It's so hard for me because at Mark can test this. Someone that we grew up loving is now uh, Jumbo Joe is now on Toronto. The only worst team he could have gone to would have been the Montreal Canadiens. And um, your former teammate, Greg Bogosian. I know, and Bogosian's there as well. I was going to get to him too, but <laughs> this is uh, this. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> I think I think Toronto. They have they're one of the four teams that make it. I think uh, Vancouver, Winnipeg, okay, and Calgary. I'm uh, I think McDavid misses. I that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough. That's a tough <laughs> tough pick for me. That's tough. Wait, wait so run through it I again. Think, it's Toronto. I, yeah, Toronto. I think it's Toronto, Winnipeg, uh, Vancouver Canucks, and. <laughs> Calgary Flames. <laughs> oh my God! I just need to hear you say it again. Uh, the the uh, the Oilers. What's up with them? Tell me. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Dreit side. This is uh Is was it a one hit wonder from the German? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! I guess a two hit wonder. You said two good. You know what? Jokes. You know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Mark's. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mark's pressure. You know, you you talked about pressure with David Quinn. I'm gonna go with 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 the, the pressure is gonna get to him. I think I think one year. You know, one year you get away with it. Second year is expected, right? So I think uh, I think you know. I mean, their back end defensively and goaltending. Do we really think that they can keep up with you know some of the other teams? That's this? the narrative, though. Koskinen, everyone's like, oh, he's not going to get it done. This guy sucks. He he can't handle it. He fucked up in the playoffs. How should we trust him? I feel like he's going to hear that and and step up. I mean, okay, well, and he's been a fine regular season goalie. That's Van, also worth Van, noting. Vancouver, Vancouver. Okay, let me break down this way. Vancouver has unreal forwards unreal defenseman young great great balance young and old they have Braden holby and thatcher demko unfortunately demko is a bc guy but he's also from america great goaltenders the great one-two combo there right and then we move over calgary is calgary again goaltending is probably an issue but i think they're a team that always flies around puts a lot of points to the board they have the physicality with Kachuk. They have the goal scoring with Gaudreau. They have the defense. Toronto, I think, is one of those teams that their style doesn't necessarily match up with the rest of the Canadian teams. Uh, they're they're much more of a they at least they were much more of a team that that was a run and gun. But I think the additions they made in the offseason really beefed up their lineup. You know, I think Jumbo Joe and and who's the other uh, veteran forward they picked okay. up. Ah, uh, Mark, you're looking at the rosters. Give it to me. I mean, they have Spezza, Tavares, Dort, Matthews, Marner. Spezza? They, 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 Wayne the point Simmons? is that 
The point. Oh, Simmons. Thank you. Yes, Wayne Simmons. Thank oh, you. yeah, the Wayne they, screen. Oh my God, I forgot they got it. The point. Of, yes, oh. the, between Simmons and Thornton, they 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 oh. picked up some they picked up some physicality up front, which they've been missing, and the reason why they get bullied by the Bruins and the and the Lightning, uh, in their old division. But it, for this North Division, Canadian Division, I think they have now positioned themselves to be very, uh, very good in that, and then flip over Winnipeg. They have the goaltending really quickly. I was trying to pull up the, the Leafs lineup to help contribute here. And, uh, yeah. I Googled it and Google said error. So I don't know if that's a good nice. or bad sign for Toronto. Oh, that happened <laughs> to me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's already started for the Canadians. They don't want you. And the Canadians don't want the Americans. <laughs> they heard, they heard, they heard my terrible joke. They're like, ah, fuck this guy. <laughs> You know, I the only thing I would switch is it potentially is Winnipeg and 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 Edmonton. That's the one that all, that's the big uh, eyebrow raisers. Winnipeg to me, I think their offense all, will be fun, but obviously Hollabuck's really good. But the rest of their defense, I don't know. I have some question marks there. You know, Jordy, I'm sticking to it. I'm gonna, you know, you, you can't say these things and take them back. This is an audio podcast. You know, it's not like we it's not like we have we have a, a high tech team who cuts things. You know, and uh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I edit to make it to make to make people look good, but uh, you know I'm gonna stick to it. I'm sticking to my guns. I think Winnipeg ultimately, uh, and and I think the Oilers. I I just think they get beat up in this division. I really do. I think there's depth. I mean, they're gonna beat up on the Canadians maybe, but even even the Canadians have a good team, and the Senators got better, and they picked up Matt Murray like we talked about earlier. Yes, they're still young, but they are better than they were the year before. They're gonna be a surprise team. The Canadians are that defensive type team. They had a pretty good playoff run. They have the goaltending. You know, I just think that the Oilers are just that team that their their style. I hate to say it, but they just get beat up or not beat up. But I just don't think they can keep up with the four line physicality that that all the other teams, maybe not the Senators, but all the other teams in this division have. Uh, and then it comes down to goaltending. I think I think Hellebuck is better. So. Winnipeg. I'm sticking to it. Top four. Uh, the Winni- the uh, Hollabuck point is. I mean, we, we've talked about this before with other teams. Of we, if you like, if you really like a goalie and you think it's going to move, it's going to move a line. You go with it. And, and Winnipeg's top six is is up there with anybody. So it's not. I'm a, sticking to it. Yeah, Jody, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking not trying to, to shit on it too much. I'm, you you I'm laughed giving at me. You a compliment. You you laughed Take me the out the compliment. room. <laughs> you laughed me out the room. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Uh, all right, Mark. All right, Mark. Mark, what do you tell got? me why I'm right. Mark, tell me why I'm right, please. Yeah, I mean, this, this division's been pretty tough for me. Um, I know who's going to finish number one, so I'll just start there. And I know who's going to be the bottom two. But then that middle that middle pack is where it gets difficult. But number one is, is uh, Vancouver for me. I think they're just, you know, they just picked up Braden Holpe. You know, ever heard of him? Stanley Cup winner. <laughs> Nice. I mean, they are Elias Pedersen, one of the best young players yeah. in the league. Uh, JT Miller, Brock Bezer, Bohat, Bo Horvat, uh, all star a couple years ago. Um, Quinn yeah. Hughes, one of the best young D in the league. Uh, Nate Schmidt, Alexander Elder, who was on the, the team when the Bruins played them in the cup in 2011. So they got some experience, they got some youth, they got size with Tyler Myers, six foot seven back there. Um, and this division, I mean, there's not a lot of great goaltenders in this division. I mean, so Braden Holpe, um, I mean, who, who has good goalies in this division, right? It's like Holpe, Hellenbuck, 
uh, Carey Price, and then you mentioned Matt Murray, which I wasn't aware of. But, yeah, I have Vancouver finishing in first place. I think they're the clear-cut winner, and I'll take some bets on that. Um, and then I'm going to pivot a weird order here. I'm going to go to my last two last-place teams. Um, I think Montreal finishes in last. I think Ottawa finishes ahead of them. Montreal, I'm not. I think it's time to blow them up. Uh, the Shea Weber, Carey Price, I think they might get dealt. But I don't know how that's going to work. Can you really deal players to American teams? Ooh, that's, that's a actually point. a really good question. Wow, Mark. That's huge. Well, that, I think I you would, think but that. do they have to quarantine? Or the reverse, I, if an American team sends a dude up here or up to Canada. Would, would, they, would Canada even let them in? I th- wow. Those guys are just Hold on, I'm gonna Google this. A- aging stars. Like They're both world-class players, but they're, Montreal is just not a legit NHL team playoff team right now. I think they're they have to totally blow up, blow this whole thing up and revamp. They, I can't tell you if they've had a legit number one superstar center in my entire life. Uh, maybe <laughs> Saku Koivu, but like I, I just, I think it's time to, to give up on the Carey Price Shea Weber train. They're they're getting older and older you're not, every you're, year. You're, you're not sold on Nick Suzuki or or Jaspiri. Kato Kanemi, whatever that young kid's name oh, is. Yeah. He was, wasn't he their top draft pick a couple years ago? You're not sold on those two kids? I hear you. I mean, that guy, definitely that not guy was great, a fucking but... beast against the Flyers in the playoffs. But, and that's Kako, what I mean. Kako they, Niemi is his name. I mean, they got some, you know, Dano Tatar, Druin, very skilled guy. His name, Koken. I haven't really seen him that much. Kokolainen. Just, just Perry. But I know Suzuki's a hell of a player. Um, Josh Anderson, they just picked up from Columbus, paid him. I don't know. I, I'm just going to, I don't really, I, I see them finishing in last place and I see some of their superstar guys getting dealt to blow this whole thing up just because they have that youth movement going. So why not keep it going and adding more assets? And then Ottawa Senators. I, I, I like the direction that they're heading in. I think Thomas Chabot, Chabot or Chabot. Chabot. Have you ever seen this guy play? He is one of those most smoothest, puck moving defenseman offense defense you name it he can do it all i think he's going to probably play 30 minutes a night this year the guy is a stud highlight him this year um and tim stutzel the kid just lit it up for germany in the world juniors he's going to be slated on their second line of daily face-off saying um and brady chuck um Derek Stefan, they got, I don't know. I like Ottawa. I like the direction they're going. And I think they're going to finish ahead of Montreal, but still second to last place. Um, and yeah, Matt Murray, huge pickup. Wasn't aware of that. That's only going to help them. And uh, now it gets to the tough part for me where it's between Winnipeg, Calgary, Toronto, and Edmonton. I have no idea where these teams are going to line up. I mean, you, you think McDavid and, you know, is going to, is going to take this team to the promised land, but, when is Edmonton ever going to pick up a stud defenseman? I mean, Darnell Nurse is good and all, but when are they going to pick up that legit number one D? Um, they picked up Tyson Berry. Yeah, he's great offensively. Uh, he's he's getting older now. I mean, he's had enough time to prove if he's a complete two-way guy, uh, top pairing, but he, he's clearly not. Um, still, who do they have in that? Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen? Suspect, right? So, Greg, I know you had them out of the playoffs. I might too. I, I but then again, it's Connor McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, the two best players in the world. So I, I'm going to put them in the playoffs, fourth place. So I got Vancouver and Edmonton. Uh, now it's between you had Winnipeg, it. Come on, Mark. <laughs> now it's between Winnipeg, Calgary, and Toronto. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. This is the toughest 
I've had to do this whole podcast here. I think I'm going to go with Winnipeg finishing second. I like Colin, Connor Hellenbuck. Um, Young American yeah. goalie. Jerry, you, you nailed them. Their top six is, is just stacked. Connor, Stasny, Line, Wheeler, uh, Mark Shifley, Ellers. Um, I believe I nailed it. Thank you, Jordy. That was laughing. Jordy laughed at my pick. How dare yeah, you? That's right, Greg. You know, Jordy. Jordy did make a good point that they're D. They're D. I've never really heard of some of these guys. But, yeah, they're um, they're no lady kids. I mean, is Bufflin coming back? Is Bufflin playing for them? No. Is he coming no, back? They, didn't they? Didn't again? they? Uh, what's it called? They uh, like amnestied his contract, wherever it is in the NHL. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is interesting. That I've never really heard of any of these D besides Josh Morrissey. But all the five other guys I've never heard of. But I mean, I'm still going to go with them. I know that's not a really good, not doing a good sell job here. But I think the top six forwards and then the goaltender will get them into the playoffs in this division in a division with weak goaltending. So you have the um, you have the Flames missing. You have Brady Kachuk. You have Gaudreau. You have them missing, huh? Well, we'll see. I got Calgary and Toronto still for that other spot. So oh, I got Vancouver. Good. I got Winnipeg and I got Edmonton. Now it's down to Toronto and Calgary. And yeah, uh, I love the Flames. I, I think they're, they're a well-rounded team with guys like Giordano, Noah Hannafin on D, uh, Kachuk, Monaghan. I think they have two of the best centers, I think, combinations in the league with Monaghan and Elias Lindholm. Have you guys ever heard of Lindholm? I had him oh, in yeah. fantasy last year. He is puts up a point every single night. He does it all: face-offs, hits, shots. Uh, I like his game. Goudreau, Monahan, Kachuk, Lindholm. I don't know. This is this is why I said this division is really tough because I had to take out somebody and um, I got to put in Matthews and McDavid. So Calgary's out in fifth place. I got Vancouver, Winnipeg, top two, and then Toronto and Edmonton, three, four. Yikes! That's why I said Edmonton's out. All right, that's good. Good. We, we're we're not on the same page. That's good. I like it. A little division. All right, Jordy, tell us uh, tell us your brilliant lineup here, Bob. Yeah. All right. So mine's you know. A oh, sorry, Mark. Were you, sorry, Mark. Were you done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> uh, mine's a combination. I've uh, Toronto and Vancouver are my one and two. Uh, I think the run and gun is Mark mentioned it of the lack of goaltending throughout this division. Um, which is a huge advantage to Vancouver, uh, but also helps with, with Toronto. I think uh, to his point on Montreal, I think that is something where they they really uh, overexerted themselves last year. You know, obviously taking the Flyers to six games uh, in a round past. You know, where a lot of people thought they would make it when they were the 12 seed. I think they were the 12 seed for a reason. I think they were energized to be in the bubble and and really you know show what they had and being a uh, you know tough physical team. I think that's going to be hard to replicate again. Over this long season, especially when you're playing a team two games in a row, I feel like that's something where a lot of these teams in the Canadian division are going to figure it out. Uh, Toronto, especially as a team that I think, because of the, what you were talking about before, they added some some extra dimensions with Joe Thornton, with Wayne Simmons. Um, I think I, I like their defense a lot. I think their biggest X factor comes to Freddie Anderson and, and you know what happens out of their goaltending there. Uh, but you know I think Matthews takes a big step this year and, and really uh, you know, figures it out. And I, I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a sense of urgency with this team. I know the the cap is a certainly a big topic of conversation whenever you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs and what their future looks like. So if there is a sense of urgency, I feel like this team could really you know see that propel them. Um, as for who's one and two, I, I'm gonna lean Toronto just because I like their offense a lot. But 
I wouldn't be shocked to see Vancouver's goaltending carry them to a one a one seed in that division, just like uh, like Mark was saying. Uh, and then I got Edmonton and Calgary as my three and four. Uh, I really like Edmonton. I know uh, you know I, I basically have to pick them after laughing Greg for excluding them, but I was going to have them anyway. Um, I really think, yeah, I think those that the McDavid, Dreitzel, and the guys they have surrounding them, you know, they make them so much better, and and they can figure it out. I, I know the Koskinen and Mike Smith tandem is something that uh you know raised a lot of eyebrows, especially after a really shitty performance in the playoffs. Speaking of five seeds losing the twelves and what they saw out of the Blackhawks, but that's something again that where it's a seven game series versus a prolonged season and this kind of sprint and the physical play from it. I think their defense showed a lot in that and and really in that that uh, five game series, almost a seven game series against against Chicago that the Blackhawks punched them in the mouth early and they they kind of lost their bite there. But this is something where I think when they're playing a lot of back to backs or, or technically not back to backs but multiple games in a row against teams that they, they're a team that plays with anger and, and does well with it. They you know, Obviously, I mentioned at the top of the show the goalie fight that they had with Calgary, and they figured out how to get through that. I know Calgary won a couple games there, but you know they uh, they still got through it. I, I don't know if I put them at a three over Calgary or put Calgary at the three because I like the back end of what the, the Flames have. Obviously, Goudreau and a lot of the different names up there, Sean Monaghan you threw out there are, uh, are big names, but... I don't know. I, I like that back end of their team, and I think that's something that could could surprise players or not players could surprise other teams in the division, and could surprise uh, you know fans all over the country, countries all over the league, um, and see what they do. I just don't think they replicate the the kind of run they had a couple years ago when they won the Pacific Division and found themselves hanging out there uh, as a one seed. So. I don't know. Those are my three and four. Um, you mentioned with a couple of the other teams. I think Winnipeg, just the de- the defense. I you know have a lot of questions there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make the playoffs, though. You know, so Greg, apologies for laughing out of the room on that. I just, I just find it crazy that Edmonton. You think Edmonton would make would miss it, but you know who knows? This this could be something where where they fade out. But um, yeah, those and then those other two teams. I just think it's I think it's a little too early for for Ottawa, and I think it's a little too a little too late for Montreal. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, you talked yourself into me being right, so that's all that matters, ultimately. Um, <laughs> I got some breaking news here. Okay. Uh, the NHL confirms positive COVID tests among nine teams, 17 Dallas Stars players. Oh, yeah. shit. The Stars still are, still are testing positive? I saw they, they could practice again. Yikes. So they administered 12,000 COVID tests. Um, 27 players were positive, which I guess the ratio there is not too bad, but um, still something to take a note of heading into the opener here. Yeah, Damn. 17 players on Dallas. Wow, that's scary. That yeah, so so that is actually something we forgot to mention in the Central Division. Dallas's first game is already delayed because of all the different complications they've had with guys testing positive. Um, I did see they were they went back to practice today. So this is these are more positives on top of that, Mark. Um, I guess I, I oh, this Jesus. is I just got the notification. I use uh, Score Mobile oh, app. Uh, the Score it's called. Yeah, oh, free ads. Uh, is that the one that Brett Favre <laughs> founded? And I don't know. Never the who company knows? that the Score. I think it who might knows, be. Jordy. Yeah, who knows? Um, uh, all right, Jordy. What else we got? NHL. What, 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 what are we talking here? Yeah, you guys. So I kind of mentioned a little bit with with. Uh, just kind of the effect on 
different individual awards. I mean, what do you guys think in that way? Not necessarily who you think is going to win, but I don't know. Is there is there going to be kind of a narrative that comes out of out of divisions that you think affects this? Like like a Norris Trophy winner. Like we mentioned it that there's a lot, of, or I mentioned it that there was a number of defensemen in the Central that are you know up there. But if it's somebody like a you know Mark mentioned Provorov in, in the East, or if it's a you know um, a Petrangelo or an Alec Martinez or somebody in Vegas, like what do you guys think? Like you need. How do you think this complete division? You know, lack of inter intra division games. How do you think that's going to affect these awards and these ones that aren't specifically statistical, statistically driven? I mean, you can still put up points regardless of not playing everyone. You know what I mean? It's you yeah, can still sure. Put up points I guess regardless my, of not playing everyone in the league. I guess I guess as a follow up, like a, if a Petrangelo puts up, you know, a ton of points, whereas Roman Yossi on a, you know, if he has a you know a back to back Norris performance, but the the Predators aren't playing well. Like, how do you think they would divide it up? I guess they normally have that anyway because it's interconference. But I was gonna say, and, yeah. and you look at you look at Mike Trout, who's in a shitty division, and he's a he's you know <laughs> the balls the best player on on the shittiest team. But you know he still wins <laughs> awards because he puts up huge numbers in a shitty division. So it's like you know it. I feel like it's gonna work out that way, same way. Sure, sure. <laughs> Mark, do you have any thoughts on it? I mean, just looking at the last 10 Norris Trophy winners, I mean, all these guys put up so many stats. Yossi, 65. Giordano, 74. Hedman, 63. Byrne, 76. Uh, and on and on and on. Carlson, 66. So I think you have to kind of think about those guys who, who play, put up those big offensive stats. So guys like, uh, you know, I mean, oh, it's a long shot here. Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, they, they are young. But uh, Haskinen on Dallas Stars. Uh, I mean, Yossi could be in the running again. I mean, if Hedman has another world-class season without Kucherov, he, he might be in the running. I don't – I I've thought about this a little bit. I, I think it's going to be um, – I'm going to go with uh, Kale McCarr. I, I think he's going to win it this year because he's going to be on the best team. He's going to put up a ton of points, and he is a, he's going to be uh, one of the best teams in the next, for the next 15 years, 10 years. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah, that's that's probably the chalk pick. I like that. I like a uh, you know Quinn Hughes maybe see how he does in a year two up and up north and only playing nice. Canadian teams. Is this he's he was a rookie last year? Yeah, he was a rookie. He he was he almost took it from a car. The, uh, the well, oh, uh, it's so tough because they all they play they all play the in the playoffs the year before and that doesn't count for the rookie year. Yeah, they um, did Vancouver make it two years ago. I feel like he was there. I feel like he played two years ago, didn't he? Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to I, check that. Well, I know McAvoy did. That's all that matters. Yeah. Have yeah, you heard of Have you heard of Charlie McAvoy, Jordy? Uh, I'm aware of the name. <laughs> it's it sounds familiar. I think he has uh, a merch we, deal with some uh, some website from Boston, right? Can we, Mark? Can we talk about? Uh... <laughs> Mark's a fan of Philly, Jordy. Is he the Flyers? Yeah. I love it. I love that he uh, was so high on him. What what uh what specifically do you love about the Flyers, and how can I uh how can you make me get so much more hope for this year? Mark, the majority of the people listening to this are uh, are are from Philadelphia, so you can you can um, play to the base or you can piss them off. I like to piss them off. You do you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I they were growing up with Lindros and McClaire. They were one of my favorite teams. But yeah, oh my god, those, those teams, man. They. That, 
90. Definitely pissed me off coming back from the Bruins when they were up 3-0 in 2009. So still a little 2010 was the, uh, the cup run. 2009, they yeah. lost the first round of the Penguins. Okay. Sucked. Can you guys hear my fiance freaking out about the uh, the basketball game downstairs? Uh, are the 76ers losing? They are, they were winning the last time I checked, but uh, it's the NBA. The game doesn't start till the fourth. <laughs> tell her, tell her I said that. Oh, uh, she'll listen. She'll listen to this. <laughs> this Sy- or Syracuse UNC right now. ACC Sorry. basketball's back. Sorry, this is this is this is a hockey podcast. Yeah, but yeah, Jordy, you made a good point about the Flyers. They always start out pretty slow, right? Is it? I think that's bound to change, and I'm a big believer in Carter Hart. I think he's going to be, you know, it's my that baby. New gen, that new generation, <laughs> that new generation of goalies coming up. Um, and for the so you guys are lucky, very fortunate to have him. I I think Nolan Patrick. I know he's a highly touted young prospect. What do you think about his game? I'm not. I haven't really got to see him play. I just know he. People think highly of him. Yeah, he. So obviously, he's the number two pick back in 2017. Flyers win the lottery, and then uh, McCarr goes fourth. So that's kind of the uh, the stick out point that uh, you know kind of stinks. You win the lottery, and you get this guy who, like you mentioned, you know, standout player. He has always had this hype being the number two pick, uh, and just never fully blossomed. And then missed all of last year because of. Uh, migraines and a lot of different stuff. So there's definitely, um, I wouldn't necessarily say expectations, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hope that now he's kind of figured it out right at his head, um, and and gone there. So that's definitely, he's, he could be a serious X factor there. I mean, they have a bunch of other young guys too, like a Joel Farabee who had an outstanding rookie campaign last year. His line with Kevin Hayes. Yeah. BU guy with Kevin Hayes and, and Travis Konechny. Definitely one of the more electric lines of the Flyers. Obviously, people think of Couturier, who won the Selkie, or Giroux, or Voracek. Um, but the, these are guys who, you know, definitely fan favorites and kind of play that Philly, you know, gritty, not to go with the name of the, the mascot, but you know, that gritty, you know, physical play, but also love to score. Kind of in that era of the Legion of Doom with uh, Landros LeClaire, Michael Renberg, that whole mid to late 90s squad. Uh, you know, they bring, kind of bring that attitude back, so... Those are guys Remind that I really me. like. Konechny is, na- Konechny is nasty. Yeah, he is so much fun to watch. He lights it up. He came up at the same time as Provorov, and Provorov is obviously yeah, – he was highly touted as uh, – he got caught up, so I hear Emily freaking out more about the Sixers, so we'll have to see what that final score is. But Konechny, you know, Greg. he always kind of had, had something to him and really, really showed himself as uh, you know, a, a high goal scorer two years ago when the season was kind of lost and – Carter Hart's rookie year when the team really stunk. And then last year in the playoffs, he was he's the reason why the Flyers got to where they were. You know, Drew, Voracek, even Couturier to a certain degree. Obviously, he he put up some points. But connecting was a big part of that. And, and obviously, Kevin Hayes, too. Who's the backup goalie? Who, who, are they, who, who are they relying on? It's still Brian Elliott, which uh, okay. they kept him because he's acting more as a mentor to Carter Hart. He's got to, he's got to play a lot of games this year. Can he handle it? Yeah, so that was a big part of last year. Of uh, he would play the second game of back to backs and stuff like that, and he had been good at home, not very good on the road. Uh, the one team that he should never play against ever again is the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's fucking terrible against the Penguins. <laughs> he plays really well. <laughs> Elliot plays well against every other team in this division. He's played well in, and he played well against them last year. But he plays like shit against the Penguins. Never let Brian Elliot see 
Sidney Crosby on ice ever again. And I, you know, if he ever does, he turns into a fucking piece of Swiss cheese. I you already, Greg. Sorry for interrupt. Go. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I was just gonna talk shit about him. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the Flyers outside, looking in. Like, I don't really study them too much. I follow the NHL. I know the guys that studs on their team. Obviously, they have a great offensive, offensive depth with Petrie, uh, Konechny. Jeru, Hayes, Therabee on that second line. Uh, their third line, Van Riemsdyk, Nolan Patrick, and then Warcheck. Um, what a third line that is. But uh, Carter Hart and Provorov, yeah, on the back end. But the rest of their D course, sell me, tell me about them. Like, I, I can't tell you one other person on their yeah, D depth chart. So it's a good question. Sanheim and Haig, the two Swedish, uh, Swedish wonders, uh, numbers six and eight. And that's probably what uh, what you'd want to think of them. But they both, you know, fairly fairly more puck-moving defensemen, big, tall guys. Um, they'll score every once in a while. The big one that, that's looking to break out, and he signed a uh, an extension for a team that really didn't have a lot of cap space. They at least signed him to a, to a fair deal. Is Phil Myers. He's a guy who got called up for the first time a couple years ago. Had a bit of a breakout year last year. He's a very good stay-at-home defenseman, but can also have some offensive breakouts. They signed Gustafsson, which... Uh, might be a sneaky under the radar free agency signing of kind of replacing that uh, Matt Niskanen who retired kind of out of nowhere, um, uh, you know, leadership role and kind of corral the defensive core together. And then, you know, they have Justin Braun who they acquired a couple years ago, uh, who been, you know, been out there. We'll put it that way. Uh, and then Shane Gossespierre, a guy who is a call to runner up. I think it was five years ago now. And really kind of, I don't know. I don't want it to sound as, you know, I don't want to sound cliche in saying that he lost his way, but the last couple of years have been injury ridden. He hasn't necessarily put up the ton of offensive points that really, you know, got him that, that nominee for the Calder trophy. And last year he was in and out of the lineup as both an injury prone player, as well as a healthy scratch. And he's a, you know, he's a healthy scratch to start the season. So it's a really big question as to what ends up happening with him. Um, That's definitely a, you'd love to see national champ, right? National champ with union. Yeah. With, uh, Another friend of ours from Berkshire, but uh, yeah, Mark played with him. Did you? You played with Sully? I mean, yeah, I did. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, in high school, Jordy. I mean, the the ghost had sixty five points in two thousand seventeen eighteen season. What the hell happened to him? Yeah, he dropped off. The, he dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, he. You know, during that season, Mark, he got a beer named after him, the Ghost Bear beer, and then uh, you know, I don't he know. He got paid. Yeah, he got. He, he got paid. paid. He got an extension. <laughs> That's part of the Flyers' uh, problems. A lot of people think, and the problem is that if he doesn't play, this won't happen, but him or James Van Riemsdyk are, are the potential expansion draft uh, dudes that, that might happen next summer. Um, nice. But Gossesburg, if he doesn't play, you know, he, he won't be that. So if James Van Riemsdyk, who's also on a pretty large deal with the Flyers, you know, get that contract lifted, which I'd hate to see. I love JVR, but um, you, your question about the defense is valid, where – you know, Sanheim and Hager more stay-at-home guys, guys you don't really need to know aside from just knowing their number when they're out there. Sanheim can really play pretty well, but is a solid second-pairing dude. Um, Myers is a guy that I'd want to see a big breakout in terms of, uh, you know, defensive dudes and see who can really, uh, you know, take point on on a power play or a second, second unit, obviously, because Provorov would be playing on that first one. But a guy who could really do that, and if he steps up big, you know, it could be could be, could be something huge because the second unit was, was pretty big for it, but when... There's a little bit of a difference when Provorov's out there. Myers was a big part of it, but uh, 
know, that second unit last year in the playoffs was much more effective than the first unit. So if Myers has a big year, he could be a dude. If you're a fantasy player, you want to pick up somebody, or uh, you, you just want to find a team in the East if you're a fan of a Central, West, or Canadian team to root for. You know, he's a, he's a dude who could figure it out. Young stud. Hopeful stud. I mean, at the, end of, at, at the end of the day, what's been the Flyers' biggest problem? What position couldn't they find? Oh, the goalie. And now they have got a hat. And now, what do they, what do they have now exactly? So I think at the end of the day, you guys are, are pretty well set, no matter what else happens in, on the D or forwards. You got yeah. that cornerstone back there. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's uh, as you mentioned, for years and years and years, never had a goalie, and this is a guy they draft in 2016, 17. But regardless, they do they would do these, um, you know, these like prospect look ins of guys they draft who are playing in the, in. You know, either in college or in the the various CHL leagues, and Carter Hart was always the big one, and uh, you know played in the WHL, set all these different records. So he was a guy that had a lot of uh, a lot of hope around him, and then finally gets the call. You know, after Ron Hextall gets fired as GM, Dave Hextall gets ousted. As remind coach. me, did remind me, did Carter Hart win the World Junior Gold or? No, he did not. He uh, the Americans stifled him. <laughs> oh yeah, remind me. <laughs> he might have been a two-year starter though, so he might have won one of the years. All right, fair. Yeah, I think I think he was, but um, <laughs> but no, he lost in that shootout to the Americans in 2017. So that's a fair oh, point. Oh yeah, Greg. wasn't that wasn't that the Troy Terry year? That was the Troy Terry year. Oh, uh, so that's a fair point, Greggy. That's a fair point. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's oh so much that he can do though. That's that's what ended up happening last year with the Islanders, where the team. You know, bent too much, and they've shown it a lot of the times where they've been able to come back from deep, uh, from down deep in the regular season, and did it you know once in the playoffs. But you know, a couple other times where it looked like they could do it, they uh, you know started to, to roll over, and that was it. The reverse was an identity that Elaine Vigneault really showed the team throughout the regular season, and and it was something different because that was something that in the the late 2010s seemed to start to become the Flyers' identity that they'd. You know, they go down two nothing, three nothing in the second period, and then the final score might be five two, and that was the reverse last year. You know, they I don't want to, you know, pick on the Bruins, but the game where where Marshawn skates over the puck, the Flyers were down five two and came back to make it five five, and then go to that that shootout game. So you know that that's a game where they could have easily just rolled over and died there against a high power. Didn't that start the streak? What didn't that start the streak? It was either the first or second game in the streak, but yeah, it was like right at the start of it. It was a, uh, and they just gotten back. It was shitty too. They had been on a, this long West Coast trip, including a game they lost on uh, Maddie D's birthday or not birthday. So you're welcome. Wedding I mean, so you're welcome. So what you're saying is welcome. Yeah. Uh, they, enough about enough about that. The thing that scares me about the Bruins here is they yeah. do not play well. They do not play well against the Capitals. Noted. They do not play right. well against the Flyers. Also noted. They dump on the Penguins, but they do not play well against the Islanders. And I, I can't say they played the Rangers that much, but I, I'm concerned because matchup-wise, history has proven itself. Like last year was the first time they beat the Capitals in like eight years. Really? So, yeah. And, and now they're captains on their rival. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it's wow. it's less about it's less about I, I, they just they just get beat up by the by the Capitals. I don't know what it is. They couldn't score. They you know they just couldn't match the Capitals. I don't know what it was. Was but. it a Holpe thing? Or or what was like was it too physical? What was it? Uh, probably physicality. The Bruins the Bruins haven't once Chara lost his step and and they've had like they lost McQuaid and Boychuk, they haven't really had the physical presence that they 
used to have. Well, they're uh, trying to adapt to be to be, have speed like Toronto, like the Montreal. Right. You get faster. They're but, trying to play like exactly. They're trying to play for their teams in their division, like Toronto and, and Tampa, exactly like Mark said. And then they go up against a physical team and they just get bodied and and they they have not played well against those teams so that's why they lost a a bunch of regular season games to columbus last year as well so it's it's uh it'll be interesting to see how they handle you know the flyers are physical team how they handle this division which is pretty physical except for obviously uh the devils rangers and sabers so yeah greg i'm a little worried about the bruins yeah this division is tough yeah it'll be interesting i mean i think it's one thing you mentioned just experience and being there. And, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like I might be going a little too chalky with them and the penguins and just thinking that they have guys that know how to get this done versus a, you made a really good point about the Islanders earlier being this physical team, well coached uh, trots. I think could easily run away with a, with a Jack Adams trophy. If uh, they win this division, I feel like that's anything there. I feel like any team that wins this division or, and does it handily, I feel like their coach give them, just give them the Adams trophy at that point. But um, yeah, I don't. Know. I'd love to see the Sabers do something because of the the moves they've made and the way that they've tried to set up Eichel for success once again, and and see what happens there. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think the division is too tough for them. But I don't know. I I hope I'm not being too too chalk in thinking that these the veteran leadership of guys who either have won Stanley Cups or have just been there. I know the Bruins have a mix of both. The Penguins obviously have two that have won three of them, and Ovechkin and a bunch of those guys are only two years off of theirs, but. I don't know. I think that I think that is going to make a huge difference in just a physical, physical league, um, or physical division rather, and all that sort of stuff. Jordy, last year you didn't give we didn't give the people enough NHL pods, and now we have Mark, who is an expert. What do we think? Every other week, every week, what do we think here? Uh, that's a really good question, and I'm glad we're addressing it on air. But yeah, oh, I'd be down still for being either. Recorded? This is still being recorded. Uh, oh, whoops! I'd be down for either. What or is it, it either? Or either, you know, whatever you want to pronounce. <laughs> uh, we can obviously see what schedules look like. Certainly once football's done, I will need something to podcast about every week, so I'd love to do it then. Uh, but I'd love to, to do a, you know, something next week as kind of a weekend recap of what happened either Monday or Tuesday, if you guys are down for that. I mean, I'm always down, Marcus. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks for having me on. I loved it. Awesome. All right, well, uh, I think we're coming back Thursday for the football show. Me and Matty D. Matty D returning from Ukrainian Christmas, which I think from now on is going to just be, that's the code name for when somebody misses a show. It's Ukrainian Christmas for that person. Um, yeah, yikes. But, I mean, um, I get it. If, if, we're, if, we're go, if we're going historical context, it's when the Wiseman got there, right, in theory? Is that what it, you know more than I do? Why the, the Orthodox yeah. celebrate it later? Uh, well, because the, yeah, the, the wise men got there after Jesus, or unless their calendar's different. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Wasn't Jesus really born in the summer? I don't know. No, I mean, listen, big, big religious podcast we are. Anyway, yeah, yeah Mark, Mark's an expert. Mark, Mark could tell you guys, like, birth year. Yeah, that's... that's he did before. He, he did with McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah, I like knew he, his he, first oh. year was when we graduated from college, but I wouldn't have done the simple math of 2013 yeah, minus and then, 18. And then once uh, we get once once you get fancy hockey rolling, Mark's just gonna have these guys' names out of left field that we're gonna be like, all right, yeah, some fucking fourth, some four D <laughs> guy that yeah, right? plays for the I mean, I, plays for the somebodies. <laughs> I, I I do it so you have to win the category. So like blocks that week, penalty minutes, face offs, shots, uh, plus minus. I so it's it. not just you the know whole fantasy corner going. Not just goals and assists. You got a little you know, well-rounded players. I love it. I love uh, it. 
Jordy, Jordy, so you're you're uh, the the sorry the Flyers play Wednesday Friday. Wednesday Friday, both against the Penguins. Penguins play Wednesday Friday Saturday. You guys get uh, Flyers get a day off, huh? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they get a little. Uh, they don't play a back to back for a little bit. You have, yeah, you have easy. You start out with yeah. Buffalo and you start out with Buffalo and and Pittsburgh. What an easy start. Yeah, then they get the Bruins in Boston for two games. Yeah, the Bruins oh, get I, the devil. I immediately proved myself wrong. They have a back-to-back against Buffalo. So, no, they do, they do have a back-to-back right away. Yeah, after three days off. Nice. Yeah, seriously, though, I think I think the biggest thing with the Flyers, I know we're just ramming here, but the biggest thing with Flyers is, is backup goaltending here. Yeah, I mean, Brian Elliott is certainly a uh, – I was going to say that before when you were asking about him. Carter Hart's going to need to be called on for a lot of games, and they certainly can do it, but it, it becomes a, a fact of – you know, strategically figuring out who plays when. Like, I would expect that second game against Buffalo, that, that's an Elliott night. Um, probably not to pick on the, the lesser teams in the league, but, you know, one of those Devils games is probably an Elliott game. I don't think you're seeing Elliott play two games in a row. You didn't really see that last year uh, or last season, considering that it was – I don't know, it was last year. It's 2021 now. But, um, yeah, it'll be it, – the, the strategic use of Elliott, which – you know, at times it seemed like Vigneault, uh, he picked his Elliott games and he announced it ahead of time of when he'd be playing. And a lot of times people would question it and it worked out. He played well in Washington against the Capitals. Um, he played a couple, I think he played. Uh, the, I mean, you're, you're not going to tell me that he's, he's good. He's, no, he's not, not good, but it's. Backup. But I think Vigneault, like, I think Vigneault does a good job of, like, of getting the guys set up and, like, I think he has the. Unlike some coaches in Philadelphia, or I guess he's not there anymore, but uh, has an open line of communications with his guys. Although I guess the the players and the Eagles were bummed. Doug Peterson got fired, but different podcast that's coming out Thursday. <laughs> Sorry. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine if, if imagine if Belichick did that. Mark, imagine if Belichick intentionally lost a game. Like ESPN, there'd be an investigation. There'd be a gate about it. This is it's just you know so what pisses soft. me off the most though is that he's the fucking fall guy. And scumbag Howie Roseman, who can't draft, he'd draft me. If I, like, submitted myself to the NFL and you guys hyped me up, I'm sure you could convince Howie Roseman to draft a 30-year-old man instead of a fucking surefire surefire prospect. If you said I'm this great wide receiver, like, oh, he's fucking the next Vince Papali, he'd draft me instead of fucking Devontae Smith, just like how he did with goddamn Justin Jefferson last year. Sorry, I'm real. This is a Thursday rant, but... uh, Yeah, but the the GM... GM doesn't doesn't intentionally sit. No, uh, I thought they both should have been fired. To win let's, a game. let's uh let's get one thing straight here. I thought they both should have been fired. This was a complete disaster and dumpster fire from the get go. Mark, you'll notice I'll ask Jordy questions just to get him going and get him off the rails and off the deep end, just to goad him and just to needle him. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I mean, yeah, the Eagles the are a dumpster fire. You got two quarterbacks. You got. I mean, you got your Super Bowl win. So enjoy that. Yeah, you know, that's, there's always the Dougie P statue. Yeah, the Eagles owner when he fires Doug Peterson, Greg goes. I look forward to the day to invite Doug back to induct him into the Eagles Hall of Fame. What an oh all-time fucking quote when you fire somebody. Seriously. Like what the what shit? What a joke. Um. Yeah. It's it's a complete mess. No, but. You know what? I thought of this last night after the pictures from the Alabama win. Of seeing, you guys see the picture of uh, what's his face, Mac Jones, with the trophy and the cigar, shirtless, peak fitness. Yeah, I saw that. 
Yeah, peak fitness. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he can lift all the weights he wants. Carson Wentz can be vegan, all that bullshit, Yikes. both of them. Yikes. Get, get peak fitness, Mac Jones, on my team with his cigars and his nice beard gut. This is a man who gets it. He gets how life works. He fit right in. Probably goes to Pats or Geno's. He probably goes to both. He probably buys both, just narfs them both down. Maybe goes to a garage across the street, chugs a beer. He's a man of the people. I think you guys got to start with getting some offensive linemen first. Offensive linemen, wide receivers that can actually catch the goddamn football, <laughs> D-backs that can stop a fucking wide receiver. There's a lot of people that you need. Uh, uh, you could have uh, Toussaint Samuel again. Oh, he was great as an eagle, though. I loved him. Yeah, he was great as a pet, too. Yeah. Right. I think JC JC Jackson might be a free agent. I'm sure I'm sure Belichick will let him go and, and the Eagles can have uh that. Oh actually, Mark, would you do this? Uh Stefan Gilmore for Wentz or Stefan Gilmore for Hertz? Uh yeah, Hertz. Take the take Over the Wentz, huh? Over <clears throat> Wentz. I don't know. See, here's 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 I'd rather have Najee Harris after watching that playoff game, dude. The, yeah, he the was guy's unreal. the guy's Derrick Henry, but he can catch the ball and he's like Two inches shorter, and he's faster. He was a he's just bowling an ball too. He literally <laughs> yeah. bounced off, or pinball. He bounced off every defender. Seriously, nobody could stop, think, could tackle him. Agreed, and I think the kid who won the Heisman Smith. I, I, it's hard for me to look at someone that skinny and think that he's going to survive in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point. Correct. He's jacked. He's like he's like an elastic band out there. You see him catching the ball going out of bounds. Like he stretches and yes, like, yes, but but. I agree, but everyone in the NFL is just that much faster. And then, What's his like, face? The guy that was hurt. I, uh, I'd i love to see him in the NFL, too. Justin Fields? No, not Fields. The, uh, no, the other Bama wide receiver. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matt would know all the names of this. Another reason why you should all tune in Thursday when Matt can give us all the uh, the real draft prospects as we wrap up. the No free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Yeah, within the own podcast. Okay. No free ads to your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so what 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 do we uh look at NHL starting tomorrow, boys? Let's get pumped. Yeah, NHL serious. starting tomorrow. Pumped. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, you guys I don't know do if a preview the... podcast. Do we want to do another preview podcast? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, we were talking about college football this whole time. Uh, but guys, hey, Mark, we'll, we'll we'll do a fantasy draft podcast. Nice, real quick, Jordy, Mark, dark horse team that's not a favorite to win the cup. Oh, good call. This was I was gonna ask that in each division. Real dark horse. No, fuck the divisions. Just one team. No one's thinking about. No one's picking. Win the cup. A Dallas Stars type run, if you will. A St. Louis Blues type run two years ago, if you will. I was gonna say Vancouver. Nice. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I don't like their physicality in the playoffs. That's still a good. That's still a good deep one, Jordy. I was gonna go yeah, Canadian about team. It, Mark. I was gonna go Canadian team too. I'm just gonna say uh, the Flames. Oh, you, the team that you laughed and had them miss in the playoffs? No, wait, no. So, no, no, no. I laughed at the Jets, yeah, not right, the Flames. All right, all right, all right. Hey, real quick, though. When was the last time a Canadian team won? 1993. You know, I was going to pick a Canadian I was gonna pick a Canadian team, too. It's funny that all three of us are going to pick a Canadian team. So I was going to pick the the Maple Leafs, but I'm going to switch. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pick the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Rivals forever. Yeah. No, I don't know. That's tough. Dark horse team. McDavid, hop on the bandwagon. <laughs> he hasn't missed in the playoffs. <laughs> I haven't missed in the playoffs. I can't. I can't do it. The ultimate uh, dark horse. 
I mean, yeah, I can't don't know. Lose, I can't like lose Toronto. in the finals if you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Galaxy brain. Very true. Touche. Seriously. All right. Hey, this is great. This is a lot of fun, boys. I appreciate you both hopping on. Yeah, man. We need to bring some juice and energy next time, huh? NHL's I think, back. I think we have the energy, but we, uh, we'll figure out some good <laughs> segments and whatnot to do uh, and all that sort of stuff and really get the uh, the season going. If you, the listener, have a suggestion for us, let us know. Tweet at us. Oh, do we have VLG. any questions, Jordy? Uh, the only one we had was from uh, one of our buddies from high school, uh, Thomas, formerly Gutierrez, now Tom Love, of uh, what do we think about the – it wasn't really pertinent to the new season, but it was about uh, the – what do we think about the NHL kind of shying away from enforcers within the league? Um, I could pull up the exact wording, but that's basically what the question was. Ooh, let's let's bank it for next week because I think I think this or whenever our next podcast, yeah. I think this season we're going to see the. I think the season's going to be back. physical. Yeah, that's yeah. the short answer, Tom. So if you're listening, let's bank it. Yeah, yeah if yeah. you made it this far into the podcast, Jordy, you should. <laughs> this is pretty deep. If they if you've lasted this long in the podcast. You deserve something from Jordy. You deserve... Hashtag Tom's answer. I, I said the Canadians would play the most games, but I don't know after those Calgary-Edmonton games. I don't. It's going to be a bloodbath. Finish clearing <laughs> brawls. Yeah, it's going to be... They might see... Their AHL teams are going to see the most action. Yeah, every, everyone, everyone's playing the same amount of games. It's just a matter of they're, they're playing each other the most. Yeah, who's going to have the most man games? Yeah. Man games lost. We should put it that way. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Florida, right. Dallas, Texas might not even play with COVID just... Yeah, just move, move them to the to Canada. Just get them out of Texas. Right. Nice, good call. All right, Jordy, plug plug the social so we can get out of here. Yeah, so uh, follow the Thunderblog on Twitter, ThunderBLG, uh, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, the Facebook group, the Bullpen Cart Podcast, where you can submit your question, just like our friend Tom did. Uh, hashtag Tom's question. If you made it this far and you really appreciate the podcast, let us know what you thought. And the show notes are that way. Uh, but for you guys, once again, thank you. This was a ton of fun, and we'll figure out next week and all that good stuff after hopefully an awesome weekend in hockey. Go Bees!